We're going to go to the word of the Lord. And we're going to do some more praying before we're said and done. But we're going to go to the word of the Lord in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Just keep it in your heart and in your mind that this is the season of overflow. It's a different moment. It's a different time. It's not like times before. Amen. But we're living in the last days and God has empowered you like he's never empowered you before. This is the season of overflow. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. If you can give me some monitor back, that would be great, Brother Zach. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Amen. Psalms 133 and 1 says, a song of degrees of David, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I know it's a off what we were just doing, but God spoke to me and told me that he was going to confirm his word before the word was even spoken. And he has done that. So tonight I'm going to preach about this, the power of one, the power of one. God, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would anoint your messenger now. We thank you for your spirit and the overflow of the spirit that we feel in this place. God, I pray that your, your message, Lord God, your word would hit its intended target tonight, God, and that you would hide me under the shadow of your cross. We'll be quick to give you glory and honor and praise, God, for all that you do and all that you have done in this place already. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The power of one. Take a look at the letters that make up the word unity. It takes you and I to make unity. And without the I in the middle, we just untie everything that God has put together. If you take the I out, you take yourself out. Of unity you're just untying everything that God has placed together that part of the body that God has placed together it takes everybody working together for true unity to take place in a body of believers can I get an amen I don't intend to be a long time tonight because God's gonna move I don't know when I just know whenever he says we're gonna stop and let him move God is doing marvelous things through the overflow of his spirit and we must maintain that by being unified together just as the early church was unified together. They had the mentality, one for all and all for one. That's how they lived their lives. Directly, directly after we read about 3,000 plus being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and being baptized. Right after that, we see the importance of unity and what unity brings about in a church body. Right. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. Right. 
Right? We see those that had just been born again. If you don't know what that is, it just means simply that you obeyed Peter when he said in Acts chapter 2 and 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It simply means being born of the water, going down in Jesus' name, and being born of the Spirit, which means you're praying and all of a sudden you start to speak in an unknown tongue, and that heavenly language comes out. That's being born of the Spirit. And those born-again believers continued in a new, radically altered lifestyle. You see, God doesn't want us just to stay in the same old, same old. They lived in the overflow that we talked about this morning. They were devoted to the teachings of the apostles. They didn't waffle in their beliefs. They weren't blown blown around by every wind of doctrine. But they made an effort to develop community with other believers. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'd say this. If you desire more community amongst believers, you need to take the initiative and foster the atmosphere for community. It got quiet in here. Community with the right mindset will align you in unity. It will. The first part of Proverbs 18 and 24 says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. You want to have friends? Don't walk around complaining you ain't got nobody to hang out with. You ain't got no friends if you ain't going trying to make a friend. If you're walking around like a sourpuss all the time. And you look like you're sad. Who wants to hang out with you anyway? Let the joy of the Lord fill your life. Let the presence of the Lord fill your life. And let them feel that overwhelming joy that you have. And make yourself friendly. Reach out to somebody. Amen. So if you, need, if you feel a need for more community, then be the catalyst for that community. Am I making sense? We see the early church. They were always active participants in prayer. Don't we model the early church? Don't we say that we're apostolic? And we're modeled after the early church? Well, they, they were cons- consistently and constantly in prayer. I believe in the Holy Ghost that God has given the church back a revival of prayer. I've seen it in the last couple of weeks where people are coming to the church that maybe haven't been coming on a regular basis for a while and they're starting to filter in and filter out. Amen. And God is stirring the church up. God is waking the church up. And as the church begins to pray, there's something that's shaking in the spirit. You may not be able to sense it right now, but you will. As you get down on your knees and you begin to pray, you'll begin to sense that there's a change in the atmosphere that God is literally pushing back the darkness. There are evil spirits that are being knocked out of the state of Maine. As you get down on your knees, and you seek the face of God and you begin to intercede for the lost the sleeping giant called the church is waking up as we get to our knees in prayer that is the most powerful place that we have with God there's got to be a unity and a continuance of prayer in the church right so don't stop praying your prayers are working things are shaking in the kingdom of hell right now Verse 43, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. The miraculous 
brought a great sense of fear to the church. And that word fear in that scripture comes from the Greek word phobos, which also means awe or reverence. There was a great reverence that came upon the church as they experienced the miraculous in a greater way. And verse 44 says, and they all believed and all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. The Holy Ghost power that the first church experienced, that those apostolic experiences, it caused the church to be unified in every way. And we know that the Holy Ghost is simply the Spirit of Christ. Am I preaching in an apostolic church tonight? I think I am. Jesus literally gave all. And when the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the early church, it created an atmosphere of unity and an atmosphere of giving. Now, I've always heard people say, when great revival and outpouring comes, there's a spirit of giving that hits those people. I've heard it said many, many times. And we see it exemplified right here in the book of Acts. That's where it comes from. No one had to get up and beg the early church for money. I'm thankful we don't have to do that in this church. No one had to beg them for money, but there was just a sense of unity. That before there was a need for the money, that that need was already taken care of. They were willing to give up everything to advance the kingdom. And we can see through the study, through study that the new believers were never asked that came into the early church. They were never asked to participate in sharing that common community of property. But because of the unity that the first church had, it just became common practice for all. They saw what was being exemplified and they just followed suit. Nobody got up and said, hey, you need to just give it all. Goes to the fact that some things aren't taught, some things are just caught. You just see. And you're like, oh, hey, that's for me. That's for my life. I need that in my life. I need to do that. Doesn't the word of God say it's better to give than it is to receive? Amen. Haven't you found out yet that when you give, you get it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? Can't, haven't you figured out yet, amen, that you can never, never, never outgive the Lord? It's impossible. The more you give, we don't give to get. It's been said from that pulpit, this pulpit recently, but we give. Because we love and because God, God gave. Amen. And because God has given so much to us, we say, Lord, it all belongs to you in the first place. Here it is. I give it back. Amen. And he multiplies it. Amen. They all had one vision. And their vision was to advance the kingdom of God. I believe this church has one vision. And that vision is to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. feel that same giving spirit in this house tonight because I know that you're sacrificial givers I know that you give out of sacrifice I didn't have plans to do this but I'm just going to tell you as I'm preaching I know when pastor was in Newfoundland while he's there right now he told them they're a little they're a little uh district very small 
kind of a nom setting. And he pledged to them $1,000 from our church. That's not much. But if the spirit of giving hits you during this message, you can come up and lay down on the altar. Write a check. Put it for Newfoundland on there. Sister Angelique will make sure it gets to where it needs to go. Put it in an envelope. Put Newfoundland on there. Amen. I believe that we have that giving spirit. And because we're givers, God is blessing us. God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh as we give. I'm not just talking about money. As we give of ourselves, God is pouring back. Giving's not just money. Giving is of your time. It's investing into somebody else. It's getting a Bible study chart out and going into, oh, I went there. Yes, going into somebody's home and sharing with them what somebody has shared with you about there being a mighty God in Christ, about the, amen, redemption, about what God did for you and what God wants to do in their lives. It takes time to do that. Investing into the kingdom of God. Maybe it's spending some time with those that are less fortunate. Maybe you find somebody on the side of the road, brother, that needs something and you're reaching out. I know there are people in this church that are doing that. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for us to give everything that we have, not holding back anything, our money, our time, and our talent. What talents do you have that you're willing to invest in the kingdom of God? Oh, don't say there's nothing to do. If you've got talents, they can be put to use. All you've got to do is talk to pastor, talk to myself. We'll figure it out. God's got a thing for you to do in this last day. You've got talents. Now let's put them to use in the kingdom of God. Amen. Verse 46. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Their unity produced many conversions. And not just once, not just twice, but constantly. Such as should be saved daily, it happened. Every day, people were being added to the church. Amen. They were being added to the ecclesia. They were being added to the called out ones. The first church began in unity, both physically and spiritually. Acts 2 and 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Well, hallelujah. We read this at the beginning. I'm going to read it again. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. In verse 12. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Aren't you glad you have the body of Christ? Aren't you glad you have your brothers and your sisters that you can tap into? We need one another to be a victorious church. To be the church that God has called us to be. And whether we like it or not. Whether we want to admit it or not. Many times we do not want to admit the fact that we need help. It's like my sister's little song that my dad sings from the pulpit sometime, Lonesome Joan. We don't need nobody's help. We can do it all by ourselves. That's how we seem sometimes. But there's a body of Christ that's here to help. It's human nature to want to do it on our own. 
But we forget that we're the body. We're forgetting of what God has called us to be. We all have different giftings. And we need to celebrate the giftings that are in other people's lives. I want to celebrate with you when God does miracles through you. I want to celebrate with you when God does the miraculous through your life. And I hope you'll celebrate with me when God does the miraculous through me. I hope God, I hope you'll celebrate with anybody. Because it's not about the person. And when it becomes about the person, the miracles stop. It's about the God that deserves all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I might be a toenail, but I still have a purpose. I'm just thankful to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, us apostolics, we've heard and read the first part of Romans 12 many times. We read, we like to read Romans 12, 1 through 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. For I say to the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. We like to, we like to read those scriptures. And those are good scriptures. I, I wholeheartedly stand behind those scriptures. Amen. I believe in them from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. But what about the rest of Romans 12? Verse 4. Stay with me because God's fixing to use you in the miraculous again in just a moment. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. What does that mean? Well, let your love be without faking your true feelings. Dissimulation implies that the wool is being pulled over somebody's eyes. Or they're being fooled or tricked by someone's deceit. Let your love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly. Affection one to another with brotherly love and honoring in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing in instant prayer. This is the word of God. Yeah. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to, the hosp- given to hospitality. Anybody want to be given to hospitality? God wants to give somebody the ministry of hospitality. You have it, but God wants you to use it. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but consent to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. 
Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Those are some powerful words. Not my words, but the words of God. That's what the body of Christ does. It does all of those things. And we need to apply the rest of Romans chapter 12 to our lives. Not just verses 1 through 3. Be not conformed to this world. Be not transformed. But be transformed. Those verses are important. But so is the rest of it. About being the body of Christ and how to be the body of Christ. There is a certain measure and way. That God has ordained each and every one of us to operate in. The giftings that you have may not be my giftings. And my giftings may not be your giftings. But if you walk in your gifting and I walk in my gifting, together we will accomplish the perfect work of God for this city. We'll accomplish the perfect work of God for this area in the name of Jesus. We will accomplish his work together as the body of Christ. Didn't Jesus give, didn't God give the fivefold ministry for a purpose? We read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, where he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. It was for a reason, it was for a purpose. From the leadership on down, the church was created to work together as a body. 1 Corinthians 12. Concerning spiritual gifts says, in verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another... The interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit. The spirit of God. The Holy Ghost that's inside of you. Dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members. And all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit will we all baptize into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Whether we be bond or free. And have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I'm so glad that God doesn't look at color. He doesn't look where I came from. He doesn't look at my history. He doesn't care what ethnic background I came from. When you're in the body of Christ, you don't look that way. We're all one body. We're different parts, but we're all one body. We've all gone under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're one body. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. There was a problem in the church. They were saying, hey, I don't know. 
They weren't trusting in the rest of the body. They weren't celebrating when the rest of the body was seeing the miraculous. One body, different giftings. To some he gave the gift of healing, some working of miracles, we read it, some the word of wisdom, some faith, discerning of spirits, and the list goes on. But I'm going to ask you this question tonight. What if your brother or your sister has the miracle that you need inside of them? Do you trust the rest of the body enough? That God could use them to bring your miracle to come to pass. Oh, I know it's the Spirit of God, but God uses people. And there are different giftings. I talked about it this morning for just a minute. There are different giftings that are imparted into people. By the laying on of hands at some point, there are giftings, I believe, in the Holy Ghost that were activated this morning. That those that were here in this house this morning, that there were giftings that were deposited into you at some place in your walk with God when somebody laid hands upon you. And maybe you didn't even realize the gifts that God placed there. And God is stirring those gifts now. If you weren't here this morning, God is stirring. The same applies to you. God is stirring those gifts in your life now. And God is activating. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. I know what I'm hearing in the Holy Ghost. God is activating those gifts right now. And God is going to use those gifts in this service. He's already started to use those gifts. And he will continue to use those gifts. It's not going to be a one-time thing. But it's going to be a consistent thing. As you step out in faith believing, God is going to use the entire body. Hallelujah. Before the message was even started tonight, some of you received your healing by the body, through the body. There are people that lifted their hands already that said that God healed you in this place. And it was the body of Christ that was ministering. If you don't have a particular gifting, don't fault somebody else because they do. Don't compare yourselves among yourselves. We just read that. Don't fault somebody else. But begin to desire in a good way. Begin to desire for God to impart those things into your life. Begin to earnestly covet the best gifts. As scripture says. And let God continue to move you in that direction. When we are a unified army... When we are a unified body of Christ, we are an unstoppable force. None of hell is going to come against us and win. We are an unstoppable force. We see a great principle in Deuteronomy chapter 3, 32 and verse 30. It says, how should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight except their rock? I know who the rock is. Had sold them. And the Lord had shut them up. In other words, when you're linked together with God, one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. When we partner together, when we get in one mind and one accord and one place and we don't get distracted and pulled off in this direction and pulled off in that direction, we're in one mind and one accord together as the body of Christ. There is great victory ahead. There is power in one. The power of one. One body. One body. 
Would you lift your hands to the Lord right now in Jesus' name? In the name of Jesus. I know the enemy's trying to distract right now. And I know he doesn't like what I'm saying right now because he realizes the church is getting this. So he realizes that as we're on our knees, God's imparting things and hell is shaking right now. Uh, what's going on? And we just need to keep pressing. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep going forward as one body. <laughs> Unified together. Feel the Holy Ghost with all of our different giftings. God has unprecedented victory in harvest. It's going to bring in your family. It's going to bring in my family members. I'm going to be reaching into your field of harvest, into your family. You're going to be reaching as the body of Christ. We're going, it's going to intertwine, and we're going to see a great and mighty move of the Holy Ghost in this end time hour. Told you I wasn't going to be long, and I'd wait until I felt the Lord to stir my heart again. But I know that God confirmed His Word before. But God is ready to confirm His Word after, through you. Not just for healing, but for many things. God's going to use the body tonight. God's going to use the body tonight, in Jesus' name. There is going to be spiritual healings that take place in this house tonight, I know in the Holy Ghost. There's going to be emotional healings that take place in this house tonight. And there will be more physical healings that transpire in this house. Tonight, God's going to do it. But it's going to come through the body. James 5 and 16 says this, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And we like this part. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, which it does. But let's not forget the first part. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now listen, don't get, don't get nervous. It's okay. The only confessing you're going to do tonight is if you have an issue with a brother or sister. And there's been a block there. And if God directs you, I want you to go to that brother or sister and I want you to make that clear. Because we're one body. There's going to be some healings in this house. Now, I know I heard from the Holy Ghost. That's the only confession you need to do. Now, if there's other confession that you need to do, take that to God. You don't need to fill your brother's or sister's mind tonight with things that happened in your past. But if it's about them, clear it. Get it out of the way. Confess those faults. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. God's not going to forgive unless you forgive. So if there's something you need to make right with a brother or sister, tonight's the night because we're the body of Christ and we want to operate fully as the body of Christ. Other than that, let's make it clear. Confess that, those things to God. Right? And then we're going to pray for another, one another, and you will be healed. We're going to pray for one another, and you will be healed. God wants to let you know 
that this is not just a one-time thing, that we are in the overflow of the Holy Ghost. Tonight, if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't know if there's anybody in this house that has not been filled with the power of God's Spirit, but God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight if that's the case. If you need a refilling, God's going to refill you with the power of the Holy Ghost tonight. If you need restoration in your life, God's going to restore you through the body tonight. God is going to restore you back to where you need to be. Tonight, God wants the Holy Ghost to empower each and every one of us, but He's going to use the body, flowing through the body. So here we go. He's going to heal emotions, sick bodies, spiritual needs, but every bit of it is going to happen through the body of Christ. God is going to show you all over again that we are an unstoppable force when we're together, when there's unity. Anybody believe what I'm saying? I didn't just... just so the airways are clear, why don't we just ask God to forgive us right now of anything that's not like Him. Would you just ask God to forgive you? And after you've done that, just ask God to begin to speak to your heart. And maybe there's a particular thing that He wants you to get cleared tonight. Maybe there's a particular person that you just need to clear the air with tonight, and God's just going to do something miraculous that you couldn't even imagine in your own mind, but there's something in the Spirit that's going to happen. So Lord, in Jesus' name, we repent of every way that's not like you. We repent of every thought and every action, God, that's not like you. And God, we turn toward you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. God, we want you more than anything else. And we want to be used in this last day, God, by you more than anything else. And so, God, we're willing to lay it all down. And God, we humbly come before you right now. and We fall at your feet. And we ask you to forgive us, God, for every time we've not done right. We ask you right now to cover us with your blood once again. Let the blood of Jesus come and cleanse us now. I pray in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I know this can get uncomfortable. But I know the voice of God is speaking to some people right now. God is speaking to you. And if you need one of these things that I've mentioned, if you want God to restore you, if you want God to heal you, if you want emotional healing in your mind tonight, whatever the need might have been in your life, I dare you, get up out of your seat right now and come to the altar. I'm not going to call it one by one because nobody has to know what you're dealing with at the moment, but God's going to speak to somebody, to another member of the body, and they're going to pray with you. And there is going to be healing in this house tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, it gets uncomfortable like this, doesn't it? When God calls us out into those deep waters, it gets a little bit uncomfortable. But that's okay. I'm confident with what God spoke to my heart tonight. If you need a healing in your body, healing in your emotions, healing in your spirit, you want to be restored. You want to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost to overflowing. You need to get down to this altar right now and don't care what anybody else thinks. Time's running out. Come on, somebody. Come on. That's right. Come on.
We're going to pray and God's going to do something miraculous. Now, if you've got everything that you need and you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come find somebody. Let God speak to you right now. And I want you to come back down here and I want you to find somebody in this altar that you can pray with because God is going to help you to help them get through this issue. God's going to help you to bring restoration. He's going to use you to bring restoration to somebody's life. He's going to bring his giftings that he's already placed in your life active. He's going to make them active right now in the name of Jesus as you begin to minister to somebody else. And God is going to show you in this house what he's ready to do outside of this house. God is going to show you how that miracles inside here, amen, is nothing different than walking out on the street and seeing God use you in the miraculous. And I want you to be bold. I know we're used to putting our hand on somebody's shoulder. We're used to going up and wrapping our arms around them and praying for them. And that's good sometimes. That's good. But right now, I'm asking you to take authority in the Spirit. To, and I'm asking you to put your hands on somebody's head and declare their freedom. I want you to put, put your hand on somebody's head. Thank you. And declare their deliverance. I want you to put your hand on somebody's head right now and declare that the power of the Lord is being restored back into their lives. I want you to put your hand upon their head and declare that every emotional issue is being healed right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to put your hand on their head and declare that depression and declare that anxiety is leaving them right now in the name of Jesus. Don't leave anybody out. Brother Rod, don't leave anybody out right now in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on the head. Be bold in the name of Jesus. Speak with authority in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in this house right now. Be delivered by the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. Through the body, be delivered now as Jesus does the work. Be delivered now in the name of Jesus. Receive ye the Holy Ghost now in the name of Jesus. Be renewed in the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Come on, be bold right now in Jesus' name. Be bold. Declare the kingdom of the Lord has come nigh unto you. Declare it now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you can't be used in here, you're never going to be used outside these walls. You've got to step out in faith right now and believe that God is leading you. Believe that God is speaking to you. Believe, trust the voice of God. If God, I'm telling the Holy Ghost right now that God's speaking into somebody's mind and you're wondering if it's the voice of God, step out in faith and believe it's the voice of God that's speaking to you. Begin to declare what God is putting in your mind over somebody else right now in the name of Jesus.